Hi, friends. Welcome back to With Great People, the podcast for high-performance teams. I'm Richard Kasparowski. Building a great team is like cooking a great dish. If you follow a good recipe, the results will be, well, good. But if you want exceptional results, then you need to do something extra. You have to experiment, you have to improvise, you have to see what secret spice best fits your ingredients. In this episode, I talk with April Jefferson, a coach, facilitator, and speaker, about achieving happiness within your team and amongst your customers through innovation, improvisation, and having fun. To support this podcast, visit my website, kasparowski.com. And our guest today is April Jefferson. Hi, April. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Will you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Not much to say about little me. I'm April Jefferson. I'm coaching around like many of our other friends in this community. And I really have a heart for people. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about people in our time together. Yeah. Before I, before I came here to meet you, I, I just mentioned I was with my son at a cafe and I was, I was describing you to him. And that's kind of what I said, that you have a great big heart. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the podcast about teams, high-performing teams, best teams that, that people have had in their lives. What's the best team that you've ever been part of in your life? And, and I, I have a really broad definition of team here. Any, any group of two or more people aligned with a common goal. So it could be a work team, could be a family thing, it could be friends, just any group of two or more people. What's the best one of those in your entire life? Wow. One of the best teams I've had of a group of people, I would say it was in my first four way into what we call agile. That was before Scrum and all that. Really, we just took a, a XP book and read it and experimented and tried to start doing it. And mm. I found for myself, that was the best experience that I had. And I looked to a lot of that on how we learned and how we experimented and the things that we tried and the results that we had. We went from having a product that people hated mm. and not could depend on um the releases, we were definitely delivering often, but the reliability of those releases were not something to be proud of. People would wait, well, let me uh, wait to a few more before I would uh, install that. Right. To actually, you know, starting from scratch and, and getting ready, rid of a hodgepodge solution and really involving deeply the customer in all aspects. And they were really happy. So cool, cool. That was uh, one of the best teams that I had. It was it was really no drama. And (laughs) (laughs) so that's super interesting. Yeah, I I say the same thing about my first extreme programming team and exactly the way you talked about it. We just got the book and started doing the stuff. And another guest that I had said the same thing. Mm -hmm. My life was my first extreme programming team. (laughs) Yeah, I know a lot of people with a similar story. Yeah. You know, now, that's why I call shenanigans when people say, oh, Scrum is like the uh, training wheels or that type of thing. I'm like, um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned other things. So we yeah. all have different experiences. That's the biggest thing 
I would say that to understand is that and how those experiences manifest can be different for others. And one of the things that I don't get into is the drama on LinkedIn and Twitter about process because that's really irrelevant. And what's the best way to achieve uh, these outcomes? Because there's multiple ways. There's not one way. And we share our stories to have understanding of what's possible. And I look at it as a recipe. When I think about making something new, I research lots of recipes. Then I figure out what ingredients that I wanted to use. That's what I say everyone's journey can look like. It's lots of possibilities and some things are successful and some things not so much, but you learn from it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I giggle now. I, I made some soup this afternoon and it doesn't follow my wife's recipe. <laughs> so I'm giggling about what's she going to think about this recipe that I invented? <laughs> it can be uh, quite interesting things. I've heard things that are like, no, you see it all the time. Like, what are you doing? You're ruining it. And then like, oh, that's surprising. I never tried that. What does that taste like? It's kind of living in curiosity instead of uh, when you block curiosity, it's that's when you have the uprising. That's when you uh, there's disagreement and argument instead of, oh, yes, ending and, and maybe trying it. Now, th- this XP team, this best team that you've been part of, if you took yourself back to that team or if you could, if you did a, a thought experiment or a meditation on that team and took yourself back to that group of people and that work you were doing together and re-experienced <laughs> it and really felt it again in your body, could you summarize the sensation of being part of that team in one word? The first word that came to my mind was fun. <laughs> and um, I would probably classify it more like art. Art. Yeah. Looking at, there's a, there's not really perfection in it. It's that uh, every stroke has meaning that is playful. We make happy little trees together. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. And anything else about art or fun as that team went? I would say that it was, it was fun because there was a high level of support with one another. Mm-hmm. Like we dabbled in the pairing very early on with all different roles. Literally, um, when I was on the team, I wasn't a coach or anything like that. I was more of a tech writer and analyst, you know, early on in the space where people were so afraid, like, hey, you know what? Are we going away? Instead of embracing it and exploring, like, oh, what can we learn from this? And we definitely uh, saw the world of technology change. And probably uh, for me, it was up and coming and getting rid of a printing documentation and exploring, uh, uh, delivering that value in new ways uh-huh. and making things more intuitive. And so, that less is more and not uh, having value on how large of a, a book of words you can create and how you more so on how you can make this experience intuitive and uh, provide uh, help along the way if needed. All right. Now, what are some of the things that go into how you absolutely know this was a great team, either subjectively sensations, uh, things that qualitative things or objectively, maybe there are measurements of this team. So subjectively and objectively, how, how do you know this was a, a great team? Well, one of the things, people were happy. The team was happy. The customers were happy. 
Mm-hmm. Again, I said there wasn't drama. We felt comfortable experimenting. We completely owned how we worked. We were really self-organizing in a way that other teams struggle to be and to figure out right away, say, hey, we own this, we own how we're working and gradually uh, improving our technical practice as well. Pairing very early on, even though for some it was hard. And if someone wasn't a good fit, they literally left immediately. Uh-huh. I remember uh, a new guy out of college joined the team and uh, he never came back from lunch because we were pairing. <laughs> <laughs> and we all just chuckled. I'm like, oh, okay. It didn't stop us. Like, oh, you're doing the wrong thing. Oh, that, that's does. really cool. That's really cool. So people were self-selecting to be on that team or not on that team. They, they had that freedom. Yeah. That's really cool. So that that's an example of a concrete behavior uh, along with pairing. What were some other concrete behaviors that you engaged in together on this team? Yes. I'm really going back because this was such a long time ago. This was 2007. So I'm dating myself. Yeah. And not saying there's not a great team. So just, we were just naturally that way. Yeah. And, and really... I'd never read the Agile Manifesto when I was on that team. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't afterwards, like, oh, that stuff sinks in. We kind of really began there. There was a psychological safety in how we engaged with one another. Like, if there was, if you needed help, we were co-located when that was probably a, a new thing. And it was more of, like, I think kind of like pod environments at that time. Uh-huh. and. We didn't have many meetings at all because we just worked alongside each other. We didn't have the ceremony of what you see things today, besides of making sure we had reviews with our customers okay. and uh, everyone else. And I would say that it was, it was wonderful that uh, the attendees, we like real customers were there, not physically, but on the, on the phone and throughout the organization even support and everything, they were uh, there and they were all really excited about it. So we felt we were doing something right. Um, yeah. And they were excited about what was coming next. So it was it was like a real demo and, and review where it was a authentic conversation and making positive improvements that uh, the customers really wanted. And we did have uh, stand-ups. There was a point in time where we kind of had it in a separate space and we brought it to our team space. But I remember I would always stand and sometimes people would sit down and like, oh, they're taking long. And I would stand. Then people started modeling me and they're like, oh, April's pregnant. I could probably like just stand up too. <laughs> so it's kind of hilarious. So just an attentive team to one another. Um, high transparency with the team. We co-located, we paired. We didn't uh, really have the language for different things. We didn't care about all the other stuff. Again, as I say, we were in a highly experimentative mindset, naturally. Felt very autonomous and self-organizing and comfortable being in that space, not second-guessing if we had authority to make these decisions with one another. Now, how about advice for listeners? What could listeners do to reproduce some of this team's success? Mm-hmm. Get rid of all the dogma. <laughs> And um, say more about that. Thinking that there's one way to learn, there's one way to do it. Throw out the recipe, really, and begin experimenting. 
figuring out what works, drill down to some the basics and discover all the rest is just waste. That other people's uh, formula to get where they where they are is not necessarily your formula, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I would say, and repeating it, always stay curious and own your own transformation. Know why you're doing what you're doing. Because someone said so is not a is not a why. That's one of the biggest things. Is there anything else you want to add? Anything you're you're passionate about, you're thinking about lately? Anything related to best team? Anything related to any of the work you, you you've been doing? For me, what I mostly focus on now is continuing down that path of reinventing work and understanding, constantly exploring other ways to add value. You know. I always look at how do I want to add value next? Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, my community focus is predominantly in, uh, I would say, dealing with women in our community and investing time there. But also, um, are looking at other areas as well and trying to help uh, what I call nurture people's journey to nourish themselves. And that's, and that's the biggest thing is that uh, when you uh, walk in a mindset of owning your journey, you understand that there's two things you control. You can control your own behaviors and your own thoughts. And that really changes everything. And And with that ownership that is quite powerful, you can actually achieve some of the most unlikely things. And that uh, teams are constantly forming around you as well. Me, I see myself as a serial collaborator. I'm always collaborating. I have so many different uh, projects going on. And you form different teams there with it, and it's and it, you find beauty in it, and you learn, you know, like better questions to ask, better things to support the team. All right. And if listeners wanted to get in touch with you, is there a way for them to do that? Yeah, Twitter, LinkedIn. On Twitter, I'm at Soul Craftswoman. And uh, LinkedIn, April Jefferson. You know me by my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always feel a sense of joy when I talk to you. And I feel that right now. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. It was quite a joy. Hi, friends. Thanks again for listening. And remember, to support this podcast, visit my website, kasparowski.com.